0: Let's again pray together. Oh, Lord God, as we come now to open your word, to read it together, and then to hear it proclaimed. We ask, oh God, that you would give us understanding by your Holy Spirit. Lord, may we see in Josiah's repentance our own need of repentance. We ask, oh Lord, that you would bless this day the reading, hearing, and preaching of your word for the sake of Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. You would remain standing, take your copies of God's Word, and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 22. 2 Kings 22, we'll begin at verse 1 and read to the end of the chapter, verse 20. And now the word of God, it is infallible, it is inherent, it is God speaking to us. So let us pay close attention. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David, his father. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, the secretary to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest that he may count the money that has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people. And let it be given into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the workmen who are at the house of the Lord, repairing the house. That is, to the carpenters and to the builders and to the masons. Let them use it for buying timber and quarry stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. And Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law, the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. And Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king, your servants... Have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam, the son of Shophon and Akbor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan, the secretary, and Asiah the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for the people, for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam and Achbor and Shaphan and Asiah went to Hoda, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, son of Harhaz, the keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they talked with her. And she said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the words of the book that the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore my wrath will be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. And they brought back word to the king. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday morning we were in 2 Kings 21 and we saw how Judah had passed the point of no return. We saw a dark regime in Manasseh who served, or who, who governed and ruled 55 years in Jerusalem. We saw his wickedness, the fact that he built altars for all the hosts of heaven. He worshipped the stars and the planets. He, he went after witches and necromancers and and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of God. He even set up the image of an Asherah in the house of the Lord. We then heard a hard word as his idolatry was denounced. A shameful record of Manasseh as we heard of his wickedness. And the final words concerning him in 2 Kings. And then we saw how that wickedness and evil was passed down to his son Amon who reigned just two years in Jerusalem before he was murdered. But as we left Second Kings 21, we did have a, a ray of hope. And that was found in the, in the very last verse of that chapter when we read that he, Amon, was buried in In his tomb. In the garden of Uzzah. And Josiah his son. Reigned in his place. After 57 years. Of wicked rulers. Of two wicked kings. We hear of Josiah. And we begin to see the reign. Of Josiah this morning. And we know it was a great need. Of reformation in Judah. There's was a great need of. Reformation and revival. Judah was facing to face the judgment of God. They had passed the point of no return, but we see how God is gracious to them as He gives them Josiah as king. As we will hear next week, Lord willing, there will be a, a sweeping reformation in Judah under King Josiah, and that was desperately needed. In Judah. However, as we also will see and as we hear this morning, the Reformation could not save the nation. It was too late for that. And so there are three things I want us to see here this morning concerning Josiah. And the first is the fact that Josiah reigned in Judah. And we are told of that reign in verses 1 and 2. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. We hear Josiah was very young when he became king, eight years old. No doubt he did not reign by himself early on. He had others to... To help him end that reign. But we do find that Josiah received high praise from the writer of kings. We hear the type of king and the type of man that he was. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. To have a king such as that after 57 years of wickedness and idolatry. And and this commendation of Josiah uh, given by the writer is given to him, and only two others share with him this favorable comparison with David. He not only did he walk or do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but he walked in all the way of David his father. In other words, he was like David. Who was David? Well, he was the king of Israel, the, the greatest king of Israel until Jesus came. He was called a man after God's own heart. And here Josiah. It could also be called a man after God's own heart. As he walked in the ways of David, he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. And so he was a good and godly king for Judah. And what a blessing that was for Judah after the reigns of Manasseh and Amon. Josiah was faithful to God. He was faithful to God's Word. He was faithful... To God's law. We could say about Josiah what the first question and answer of our shorter catechism says. What is the chief end of man? Josiah sought to live out the chief end of man. Which is to glorify God. And enjoy him forever. And so we have this godly king coming on the scene. And the second thing we see is one of the first acts he did as king is we see Josiah repairing the temple. We hear of that in the 18th year of King Josiah. Now the writer zeroes in on that 18th year. This would have been around uh, the year 622 B.C. when he was 26 years old. And he sent his secretary to the house of the Lord. And he, he gave a command. He wanted... To send the scribe to the temple to see that the arrangements were carried out for paying workers. And purchasing material for the current temple repair project. Now we are not told why the temple needed to be prepared. But we have some idea do we not of why it needed to be prepared. As we heard last week when Manasseh set up the image of Asherah in the house of the Lord. There is no telling what else he did. To the house of the Lord. We know one thing that Asherah had to come out because it was idolatry. It was an offense to Yahweh, to God. And so it may have been because of all the wickedness of Manasseh, but he sent and he wanted Hilkiah the priest to take the money and to share it with those who, was work, who were working. The keepers of, of the threshold did the collecting from the people. And he wanted to give that money into the hands of the workmen who had oversight concerning the house of the Lord. Those men who were working, those men who were repairing the house of God. They were to use that money to go buy materials, to buy timber, to buy the stone that was needed to repair the house. And notice, these men were honest men. They were so honest, there there was no need of a of a church treasurer. There's no need of an accountant. These men were trustworthy. They could be trusted with this money and all their dealings. Now notice in verses 3-7, through 7, we have no mention of whether or not the king's orders were carried out. From verse 7 to verse 8, we just have... The next thing we hear is from Hilkiah, the high priest. And that's the third thing we see, Josiah repenting. And this covers the rest of our chapter. We find Hilkiah, the high priest. He goes to Shaphan, the secretary, and he says, I found something. I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And he read it. He read that to Shaphan. Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to him Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now, what was. This book, most seem to think that Hilkiah's book was the law uh, of the law was Deuteronomy, or a substantial part of Deuteronomy. He found this book of the law, which came from the mouth of Moses, and so as Shaphan, the secretary, heard this book and then took it and read it. Before the king, Josiah, we find that Josiah repents. Verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Now why was that? Why did Josiah repent? Because as he heard this book, as he heard what God required of his people, he knew that Judah had not been obeying God's word. And not only were there wicked kings, but they're wicked people. There were great idolaters in Judah. And he also heard what was coming, judgment. In the book of the law, we find time and again that if God's people do not obey his law and, and do his law and keep his law, that one day they would be taken out of the land. And Israel has already been taken out. The ten northern kingdoms are already in Assyria, and so Josiah knows that the two southern kingdoms, that they too may well be taken out of the land. And so, because of that, he then seeks a prophetic word. He sends Hilkiah and Hicham, Akbor and Shaphan and Messiah, the king's servant, and he says, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. He knew well the wrath of God was upon them, and so these men, they go and they find Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhads, keeper of the wardrobe who lived in the second quarter of Jerusalem, and they, they talked with her. They wanted God's word to the king concerning what he had found. And so she makes two points. and the first is quite depressing. There is no hope. There is no hope for Judah. Verse 15, And she said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants. All the words of the book that the king of Judah has read because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods. That they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore my wrath will be kindled against this place. And it will not be quenched. That is what is coming to Judah. And they deserve it. They deserve it because they were great idolaters. They they were worshipping other gods. They were causing their children to pass through the fire to other God's. And because of this, they deserved that judgment. And so the first word is that there is no hope for Judah. But second, there is some mercy. And there's first of all, mercy towards Josiah. Verse 18, but to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus you shall say to him... Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your father's And you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. Now why is there mercy? Well, because Josiah repented. He knew the sins of his people. He knew his own sin as well. And he tore his clothes. He wept. And the presence of God over sin. And because of that Josiah will have peace during his reign. He will go to the grave in peace. God will not allow him to see the disaster that will come over Judah. Now notice judgment is certain. It is delayed but it is certain. It will come after Josiah's reign, but it is going to come. Disaster is on the way. Disaster is not yet. And that is thanks to the repentance of one man. I noticed something about our text. It places major attention on Josiah's trembling response. He received a critical word. The word of God was critical against Judah he did not throw Hilkiah into prison. He did not say that Hilkiah should be put to death. He was not angry with Shaphan for reading him these horrific threats. His heart was salt. He tore his clothes and he wept. And the Lord did not ignore this. He saw his tears, he heard his weeping, and here is a man doing exactly what the Lord wanted him to do, what the Lord wanted all of Judah to do, to tremble over his word. And because of that trembling, we see the forbearance of God. Yes, judgment is certain. Yes, judgment is... Is coming upon Judah. That fact will not be altered. But yet there will be a time of peace. And a time of goodness. Before that judgment comes. Now next week we will see that peace. We will see how God used Josiah. To bring a reformation about in Judah what application can we make here this morning? Well, first of all, let me ask, when we hear the Word of God, do we repent of sin as we need to repent? That's one thing that the Word of God does. It drives us to repentance. The one thing the law of God does is it drives us to repentance. That's one of the uses of the law of God, the, the Ten Commandments. We read those Ten Commandments, we know we've fallen short for every one of those Ten Commandments, and it drives us as God's people to repent of our sin, just as it drove Josiah to repent. But the Word of God also drives the unbeliever to repentance. When he hears God's Word and he is cut, To the heart over his sins, and it drives him to repentance, but then it also drives him to Jesus. Because what goes along with repentance? Faith. In order for you to have salvation this morning, what must you do? You must repent of your sin, and you must believe in Jesus and have faith in Jesus and Him alone for salvation. Well, the Word of God drives the believer to repentance. When we hear the Word of God and we are cut to the heart over our sins, and we do what? We flee to Jesus for forgiveness. You see, as believers, we do not just repent once at the time of our salvation. Some people think that. That one time of repentance is enough. No, daily we are repenting of our sin. Our life as we Confess this morning in our confession of sin, our life is one of continual repentance. There are times we need to repent of our repentance because it's not good enough. And we still sin against the Lord. We will continue to sin against the Lord until the day we die or the Lord returns. That's why we need to keep short accounts with God. If nothing else, every night before we go to sleep, we ask the Lord to forgive us of all of our sin and our iniquities. The second application is this. We see how the repentance of one man put off judgment for a time, but just for a time. Now, Josiah was not only repenting of his own sin, but he was also repenting for the sins of the nation. There is a corporate repentance. And this is what Josiah was doing. And and, and as he repented of his sins and the sins of Judah, he knew that judgment was coming. But because of his repentance as king, God delayed his judgment. Judah would be judged for their idolatry. But it would come after Josiah's death. And so that shows us something, that there is forbearance, a forbearance with the Lord. But one day, that forbearance will come to an end. He will forbear with men and women and children who who are in their wickedness, but one day, that forbearance will will end. The third point is, as the Lord forbears with unbelievers for a time, It will come to an end, and that at that day there will be judgment. You see, the unbeliever, he receives all of his good things when? In this life. We see that every day. We see the most wicked of people in this world. What do they have? They have everything one could want riches. Honor. Esteem. They have all of their good gifts in this life. Why? Because they are going to have nothing but judgment in the next. And so the unbeliever will one day experience God's judgment through Jesus. If he does not come to Jesus in faith and repentance. You see, that is the good news. Isn't it? The good news is no matter how wicked one is, how many sins one has committed, if one will simply come to Jesus in faith, repenting of their sins, guess what? They will be forgiven. Even when we think they shouldn't be forgiven. Even when we think they're too wicked. They're too far gone. God could never forgive such a person as that. You see, that's the wonderful thing about God's grace. He can forgive and will forgive all who come to Christ. All who come repenting of their wickedness and their evil and their sin, God will forgive in Jesus as they put their faith and trust in Jesus and Him alone. And that's why the Bible reminds us often in, 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 in the pages of Scripture That we are not to put off that repentance and faith until tomorrow. That's why the Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. You see, today is the day to come to Christ as you repent of your sins. And you trust in Him and Him alone. Again, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Today might be the very last Lord's Day you have upon this earth. Before the sun rises in the morning, you may go and stand before Jesus. Before the judgment seat of Christ. And so if God were to call you home this very night, would you be ready to stand before Christ? You see, the only way we can stand before Christ is if we flee to Christ, is if we run to him, that we recognize that he is the only hope we have, the only way of salvation, that he is the way and the truth and the life, the only way that one can come to God is through the Son. And so if you want to be prepared for the day of your death, for the day that you will stand before Jesus, then what are you to do? You're to come to Christ today. As you come to Him, you turn from your sin and you put your faith and your trust in Jesus and Him alone. And as you do that, salvation and forgiveness is given to you through Christ. For that judgment is coming. Just as judgment was coming to Judah, it is coming To this world. And there has been great forbearance by God. Over 2,000 years since Christ has been upon this earth. But one day that forbearance will come to an end. And so you need to be ready. You need to be resting in Jesus. And as you rest in Jesus. Your sins will be forgiven. You will have that salvation That Jesus promises to each one who comes to him. And you will know that Christ has suffered the punishment that you and I deserve. That same punishment and that same judgment. That Josiah heard read to him. From the book of the law. May God add his blessing to the reading, hearing and preaching of his word. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, we thank you that as we repent of our sins and turn to Christ, that, oh, Lord, you're faithful to forgive us our sins. And Lord, may we all repent of our sin today and and turn to Jesus for that forgiveness. And Lord, I ask and pray for any who are here at this very moment that you are Calling them to Jesus. You are calling by your Holy Spirit. May they see their sin and their need of Christ. And may you bring them to Jesus. May they cry out unto the Lord for salvation and forgiveness. And as they cry out in faith, Lord, you will forgive. And we thank you, O God, that you are a forgiving God. That you forgive sinners no matter how poor or wretched we may be. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.